Alhamdulillahi يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس تقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء وتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا أيها الذين آمنوا تقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يتع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد فإن أصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محتثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة وكل بدعة ضلالة وكل ضلالة في النار We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we send peace and blessings upon our beloved Messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Jala'il qulub wa anwar al-ayyun Upon his blessed family and his companions and those who follow them until the end of time Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us to reach another Ramadan We know the companions of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Six months after Ramadan Those six months they would ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive them for their shortcomings that they acquired during the blessed month. And then those months leading up to Ramadan, they would say, Allahumma balighna Ramadan. Oh Allah, bless us to reach uh, another blessed Ramadan. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen. And we know that the Prophet ﷺ, when people would ask him often, ayu a'mal al-afdal, like what's the best thing to do? He said, alayka bi siyam fa'inna la nadhira lah. Aw kama qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fa'innahu la abala. Meaning that you should fast because fasting, there's nothing comparable to fasting. And we know that fasting is so blessed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَإِنَّهُ لِي وَأَنَا أَجْزِبِي In hadith Qudsi, that fasting, every act you do is for something except fasting is only for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is the season of Rabbaniyyah. This is the season of the people of Allah. This is the season of the hearts that are tied to the arsh of Allah. This is the season of the Ummah of Khair Al-Anam, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And of course, this is the season of the Qur'an. As Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala says, شَهْرَ مَضَانَ الَّذِي أُنزِلَ فِيهِ الْقُرْآنِ هُدًا لِلنَّاسِ وَبَيِّنَاتٍ مِّنَ الْهُدَى وَالْفُرْقَانِ That this month of Ramadan is the month in which the Qur'an was sent as a means of guidance and as something which is going to clarify difficulties and hardships. As a Shatibi said, as Imam Shatibi says in his Amani, that you know, like the, the fog has been cleared by the Quran and you can see everything in front of you, mashaAllah. And we know that the Prophet وسلم, he said, La faqra ba'd al Quran. In an authentic hadith, he said, There's no poverty after someone has been exposed to the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But that comes, of course, with a tremendous responsibility. Some of our teachers used to say, Ziyadatul Fadail. You know, the more blessings to feed Ziyadatul Mas'uliyah means also that it comes with a greater responsibility. 
And that's why when that person came to Sayyidina Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because to be a servant of God is not to be fashionable, right? To be a servant of God is to escape the secular paradigm. It's not to find value in what I have, what race I belong to, what tribe I'm from, what language I speak. All this is dunya. And what's going to last is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So that's why fasting forces us to pull back and distance ourselves from the cult of consumption, to distance ourselves from the kind of constructions that are polluting the hearts of people by coming back to the Quran. But that's not fashionable. Like to be a believer is not necessarily going to be a fashionable thing. In a community that's been consistently hit with the uppercuts of Islamophobia, has to make sure that it strategically negotiates its entrance into the society that it may be begging for acceptance from. So when that man comes to Sayyidina Muhammad وسلم, and he says to him, I want to follow you, I love you. And the Prophet says to him, وسلم, be careful what you say. And he said, no, no, by Allah. And the Prophet said, then prepare for poverty. He didn't mean spiritual poverty. He meant prepare for difficulties and challenges and, and, and adversity. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And that's why when he was asked, who are the people tested the most? He said, al-anbiya uthumma salihun. The prophets and the righteous. Fatuba lil Islam started as something strange. It will go back to something strange. So Jannah, the highest level of Jannah, for those who are strange. We've been reading the Quran over the last few days and on Instagram I've been trying as time permits. My wife is like right at the cusp of launch, alhamdulillah, make dua for us and well as all those who are experiencing childbirth these days inshallah. But one of the things that I tried to do because I was lucky enough alhamdulillah to have memorized the Quran a long time ago is that to look at it as a thematic document, not just as an individual moment. So I just want to share with you some thoughts because the fashionable relationship with the Quran is one that gets lost in virtues or over amplifies the law and loses its spirit. But a deeper relationship with the Quran will create different types of readings of the Quran. That's why Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali, if we can scoot forward inshallah, Sayyidina Imam al-Ghazali radiallahu anhu, he said, I have different types of reciting the Qur'an. He said, one I finish every three days, one I finish every week, one I finish every month, one I finish every year. He said, and there's one that I will not finish before I die. One time I was in Kuwait years ago when I was memorizing the Qur'an in al-Dahiya, and we called Sheikh Sha'rawi. Those of you who know who is Sheikh Mutawalli Sha'rawi, Allah yarhamu. And we ask him, you know, the person asks, when do you think you will finish your famous tafsir, the greatest tafsir in the, in the contemporary age, hands down is the tafsir of Imam Sha'rawi. And he said, I don't think I'll finish it. I'll die before I finish my relationship with the Quran. He said, like, I'm like a person lost in a bahar, like I'm lost in an ocean. And everything is amazing and beautiful. So if we think about the last four or five parts of the Qur'an, we'll try to get as much done as we can now. There are some powerful messages for a community, a community which we have to begin to frame Islamophobia as the extension of 
Arab and non-Arab dictatorships into the West. They are funded by these people. So the attempt to condition our public practice of Islam by intimidation, we see our Imam, Imam Omar Suleiman. What other person would go to the Congress and lead a prayer and be accused of not being American enough? What does it tell you? So we should not allow Islamophobia to intimidate us. We should be bold and we should be strong. And we should remind them that you're in bed with the fara'ina of this age. You're in bed with those mass murderers and killers. Yet you claim to be people who love freedom. So it's important that our relationship with the Quran is one that helps us recalibrate our strength in the front of serious in front of serious existential threats. Allah says, "Nuthabitu bifuarak." The Quran was sent to strengthen you, to make you strong. You're not a weak community. We sent you a strong speech. Zayd Mithabit said, when the Quran was revealed to the Prophet, peace be upon him, I saw his camel sit down from the weight of the Quran. Even the mountain couldn't handle the Quran, but you as a believer, your heart is stronger than a mountain, subhanAllah. So we open the Quran, the first part of the Quran does something extremely important. It gives us the foundations of our religion, usul al-deen. Belief in Allah, belief in prophets, belief in the hereafter, belief in sacred liturgy, belief in dua. And the sixth, it teaches us that in our relationship with truth, we're going to fall into one of three categories. Those who know and those who act, anamta alayhim. Those who know and don't act, maghdubi alayhim. They earned wrath. Those who don't know and try to act, الضالين. and that's it, subhanAllah. That's why Al-Hasan al-Basri, he said Allah sent hundreds of books and he summarized those books in four. The Torah, the Torah, the Injil, the Psalms, the Zabur, and the Quran. And he said he summarized those four from the 49th chapter of the Quran to Nas al-Mufassal. And he summarized that in Al-Fatiha. And he summarized all of that in So this is like a powerful chapter, man. It's the sight map to Akhirah. It's the sight map to escape the trickery and confusion of a world which is really traumatized by irresponsible leadership. But the end of that chapter lays out that relationship. And then we go to Surah Al-Baqarah. Abdullah bin Umar radiallahu anhu, it took him 12 years to finish Surah Al-Baqarah. SubhanAllah, 12 years. And he used to say in Surah Al-Baqarah is 1,000 commands and 1,000 prohibitions and 1,000 lessons. And Surah Al-Baqarah introduces us to the foundations of our religion. The practices, our sacred practices, prayer, charity. And they believe in the sunnah. What was sent to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. وَمَا أُنزِلَ مِنْ قَبَرِكَ And what came before you, other prophets. وَبِالْآخِرَةِ هُمْ يُقِنُونَ The foundations of Iman. And then it introduces us to people. The first are disbelievers, those who reject. And the second are those who are amongst us. We ask Allah to protect us. But they are hypocrites. وَمِنَ النَّاسِ مَنْ يَقُولُ آمَنَّا بِاللَّهِ وَبِالْيَوْمَ الْآخِرِ وَمَا هُمْ بِمُؤْمِنِينَ those who say we believe, but they don't believe. 
And we go through, subhanAllah, the first part of the Qur'an, this continues to play out. What are the things which are going to take you from Sirat al-Mustaqim, the straight path, and what can you do to remedy it? So, hypocrites, those who are your enemies. And then, a short time later, we're introduced to the devil, through the story of our father, Sayyidina Adam. With قَالَ رَبُّكَ لِلْمَلَائِكَةِ إِنِّي جَاعِلٌ فِي الْأَرْضِ خَلِيفَةِ and Allah says about him, فَأَزَّلَهُمُ الشَّيْطَانِ There's a different qira'ah, فَأَزَّلَّهُمَ الشَّيْطَانُ عَنْهَا Meaning that shaitan forced him to slip. And what did he use in the age of Islamophobia? We go to Sultan A'raf in the attempt. No religion is being publicly conditioned with prayer, head and shoulders. You name it. We all up in the beauty salon getting straightened out by Islamophobia or getting a perm, or whatever we want to get our fades on. All of us are subjected to it because to be a Muslim in America is to be in a state of constantly editing yourself. We have to be honest about that fear, and then we have to emancipate ourselves from that fear. And we find that in the story of the prophets. So what happens? Shaitan uses in Surah Araf, the dominant message, for example, white supremacy, whatever's out there that can be used to create challenges and problems. <inaudible> Peer pressure. He doesn't say, I'm an advisor. He said, it's a lot of people that want to tell you this about the tree, but I'm the one who loves you the most. I got your back. And then he swears. Ibn Qayyim says, the first example of false advertisement in history is Satan with Adam. The only reason your Lord told you not to eat from the tree is because You're going to become an angel, man. You're going to live forever. Every single day, we get this message from different sources in our lives. You're going to live forever. Remember when I was little, my mother would take me to buy shoes. I was like, do these shoes make me faster? She's like, son, we need to talk. <laughs> right? Because it's easy to get caught up, man. But then Allah gives us a way to protect ourselves and stay on Salat al-Mustaqim. فَتَلَقَى آدَمُ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَرِمَاتٍ فَتَابَ عَلَيْهِ Kira of Imam Ibn Kathir فَتَلَقَى آدَمَ مِنْ رَبِّهِ كَرِمَاتٌ Which means the words of Tawbah came to Adam. They were ordered in a different narration of the Qur'an that we read from, from the seven. The words of Tawbah walked to Adam and said, Allah has ordered me to come to you. Some said the first thing that Adam learned of the asma was how to make repentance, how to return to Allah. So we're, learn, we, we, we're taught how to heal the mistakes we may make as maqdubi alayhim, as a dalim, with the remedy of tawbah. And then the first chapter, first part of the Quran, goes into communities who slipped and failed for a number of reasons. Number one, they allowed the physical paradigms and constructions of life to reject prophethood. So life wasn't measured through prophethood, prophethood is measured through life. إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَأْمُرُكُمْ أَن Allah has ordered you to slaughter a cow. What about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? What about this? They did it, but they did it begrudgingly. 
The other thing that we find communities challenged with outside of accepting the dominant constructions around them to interpret their religion instead of allowing their religion to guide them and lead them is a disease of the heart. They had a problem. They said, our hearts are sealed. Their hearts became hard. The third, they fell for the okey-doke. I don't know how else to say it. They fell for Harry Potter, man. Sihr. Magic. One day I was walking down the street. This lady said, I can read your palm. I said, A'udhu billahi minash shaytani rajeem. Bismillahi rahman rahim She's like, now nah, your people, I can't mess with you. I said, I can read with you though. I did it nicely, like I did, you know, nice bass boost voice, not the scary voice. وَاتَّبَعُوا مَا تَتْلُوا الشَّيَاطِينُ عَلَى مُلْكِ سُلَيْمَانِ وَمَا كَفَرَ سُلَيْمَانِ And Allah mentions this story. That's how we should understand this. What are the challenges to staying on Siratul Mustaqim? And then the end of the first part of the Qur'an introduces us to something very important. Redemptive history. History has the power to teach us and protect us and guide us. But history also has the power to heal us. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, at the end of the first juz, all of the problems that you may face on Siratul Mustaqim, all of the challenges that you may incur, don't forget who your father is. As though it's saying, like, don't worry, all of the challenges that you're going to face, don't lose your identity. Don't lose that spiritual DNA that takes you back to Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi So ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us engage in a broader, more challenging engagement with his book. As Shatibi says, وَجَاهِدْ بِهِ حِبَّ you know, make jihad on yourself to, to study the Qur'an. Force yourself and discipline yourself, he says to us, to engage in an intimate relationship with the Book of Allah. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and yuhabib ilayna kitaba. Ask Allah to make his bulag beloved to us. Aqulu qawri hadha, astaghfirullah li wa lakum fastaghfiru innahu ghafur rahim. We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who send peace and blessings upon our beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa So the first part of the Quran ends and it ends with this notion of redemptive history going back to our spiritual identity tying ourselves to our father Sayyidina Ibrahim and we see also the idea of generational spirituality. Yaqub, as he's dying, he says to his kids, like, what are you going to worship after I'm gone? Jacob says, what are you going to worship when I'm gone? And then that takes us to the second part of the Quran, where we're introduced to people that are going to be agitators. If we're not on the truth, we won't find agitators. That's just how it is. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَا لِكُلِّ نَبِيٍ عَدُوَّةٍ Allah says in Surah An'am, every prophet had enemies. 
And what happens? سيقول السفهاء من الناس ما ولاهم عن قبلتهم التي كانوا عليها. What's this deal with you changing the qibla? You know, in the qibla, the direction of prayer was changed. It was like Isra Mi'raj. They say Isra Dunya. You know, the impact of the Isra in Asama. Many people, when the Isra happened in the heavens, people left Islam. Also, when the Qibla was changed, people left Islam. Like it wasn't easy. Ma wallahum. Like what has caused you there to turn away from the right way? Peer pressure. And they continued to chastise the fledgling community of the Prophet in the beginning of the second chapter of the Quran. But the second chapter lays out some things we should think about as a community as we deal with people trying to shape our image. Again, very pertinent to where we are now. And the first thing that the Quran says to take on that pressure publicly, the first place to turn, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu sta'inu bis-sabri wa-salah. O believers, seek Allah's help with Fasting, sabr, and prayer. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala again touches on the idea of redemptive history. Inna safa wal marwata min Allah didn't say, you know, hajj, this, this. He mentioned safa and marwa. And we're reminded of a brilliant black woman of color who because of her, how many incredible women in our history were women of color. Yet how do we treat people of color in our own community? How do we engage others? We have again adopted the dominant secular paradigm on race. Hence, if you look at people's marriage accounts, a brother showed me a few days ago, he's on Minder, that someone wrote, I'll talk to you for airbuds. I said, La hawla wa la illa billah. Summun bukmun ummun yani. I saw others he showed me. I said, SubhanAllah, people turn into this into like a come up, man. Like this is a way to like barter your life. If we see the descriptions of what we're looking for in marriage, it's okay to marry what you love and are attracted to, don't get me wrong. But is it realistic or is it fed by the dominant secular consumer paradigm? Our community is resting on the acts of great black women. That's undeniable. My teacher who taught me the Qira'at was taught by his sister in Senegal. 14 qira'at, not his father, not his brother. Imam Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani, one of the greatest scholars of hadith. His sister, an Egyptian woman. He said, my sister lived in poverty and refused to sell my father's books so I could become a scholar. And he made dua for her in his writings. What happened to us? We got turned out. Turned out by Frank. Turned out by that dominant narrative. So what should we do as a sense of healing? Turn back to salah, turn back to worship, turn back to our history. <inaudible> These are signs of God. The third thing that this part of the Quran encourages us to do to survive the onslaught of the extensions of dictatorships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions very beautifully. إِنَّ فِي خَلْقِ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَاخْتِلَافِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ وَالْفُولْكِ الَّتِي تَجْرِي فِي الْبَحْرِ Allah mentions all the signs in this world to see. It's like you're watching planet earth in this verse, man. 
As if to say, think about the creation around you. Take some time to contemplate. Let that lead you kullu tadullu ala annahu wahid. And that takes us to fasting and takes us to other acts. And that leads us to the third part of the Quran and we'll finish here because of time. And as you read the Quran, you should take semantic notes, you know, try to find those relationships that are there. My review this year is not that good because, you know, I'm on the launch pad, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm the guy ordering hamburgers at three o'clock in the morning. So my review is like, on the go, alhamdulillah. But the third part of the Qur'an, after talking about how to be careful of falling astray, how to repair in the first part of the Qur'an, then announcing us as a collective, a critical mass, in the second part of the Qur'an that's going to face critical opposition, how to take on that critical opposition through community, through unity, through loving each other, through acts of worship like prayer, hajj, fasting, da'wah, the third part of the Qur'an does something else. It challenges us to marry those acts with etiquette. And etiquette is not easy. Those of you close to me in the hereafter are the best in character. It's not easy. So Allah says, Because as we're out in the streets going at it, for example, with other communities, we may inadvertently insult one of their prophets or think, yeah, this or that. Allah says, listen, they're all noble prophets. Some we favored over others, but we believe in all of them. Don't insult what other people worship. So the Quran ties our religiosity to the nuance and temperament needed to engage the public sphere. We don't insult people's gods. We don't insult people's prophets. So we may be zealous religiously, but we have to temper that zealousness with akhlaq. La ikraha fiddin. After Ayatul Kursi. Why? Because when you read Ayatul Kursi, you're like, yo, I'm ready to go. Allahu Akbar. Ayatul Kursi. Next verse. There's no compulsion in religion. Stay cool. And the next da'wah, look at Sayyidina Ibrahim. Did you not see the one that Ibrahim argued with? He said, I cause life and death. Can you imagine if someone put on Facebook now, I cause life and death, hashtag Ramadan 2019. <laughs> that person would be banned from every social media outlet in the dunya and the akhirah. But what does Ibrahim do? He doesn't argue with him. He's passionate. He's in da'wah. But he knows that da'iyah is a representative of Allah. And the representative of God has to have character. So he doesn't argue. He says, okay, fine. If you can cause life and death, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala caused the sun to rise from the east. Can you cause it to rise from the west? He doesn't get into it with him. He doesn't have to get nasty. He keeps nuanced as Mutanabbi said. I don't know how to translate Mutanabi in English, but the meaning is to think before you're brave is two braveries. So we see the da'wah and the nuance. And then we see, subhanAllah, in giving charity, Allah said, give, but don't give to hurt people. Give, but don't give to expect something back. So the second part of the Qur'an now begins to build, not only if the second part of the Qur'an, excuse me, built our external practices, 
The third part of the Quran ties that to internal etiquette. And that would take us to the fourth. And the theme of the fourth, you have to watch on the gram. But the fourth is about the battle of the material and the spiritual. How someone without a husband can have a baby. How many times did a small group defeat a larger group? So that's, inshallah, some lessons we can take from the first parts of the Qur'an that we read, mashallah, over this week. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love us. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, with His transcendent mercy and grace, forgive us for the deliberate mistakes that we made. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to accept us. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us from having ill thoughts of other people. We ask Allah to help those who may be the objects of abuse, mental, physical, or social abuse. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us your allies. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala remove those difficulties and give you a way out. I ask Allah to protect our marriages, to protect our children. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect and bless all of our amazing students who have finals. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make these finals easy for you, inshallah. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make what He's allowed you to learn for you in the hereafter instead of against you. Ask Allah to bless our brother Imam Khalid and his wonderful wife Priya and their children Kareem and Medina. MashaAllah, they've given so much to our community. To our brother Sheikh Fayaz, his wonderful wife and their children. To our awesome staff, Sister Amira, MashaAllah. Sister Aziza, Sister Hana, Brother Ridwan, MashaAllah, and all of the wonderful volunteers. Ask Allah to bless all of you, inshaAllah. Brothers and sisters, mashallah, as you know, we have like these really amazing iftars here, like, like five-star gulab jamans, you know, like incredible, incredible matluba, you know, even halal hamburgers for those of us who are converts, alhamdulillah. But those things don't just fall from the heavens. Like, it didn't just fall from the sky, you know? So it's around $5,500 a night to feed us, subhanAllah. So inshallah, we need people to generously donate inshallah and support the efforts of the IC. As one young lady came to me who said, it's been years since I've been plugged into the Muslim community. Like I abandoned the Muslim community because they abandoned me. But I found the connection here. So it's not only that we're trying to feed stomachs, we want to feed hearts. We want to help people engage in like healing and coming back because that's a way to come back to Allah. So we ask you, inshallah, to generate, uh, to donate generously, inshallah. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fi akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Rabbana la tuziqulubana ba'adith hadaytana wa hab lana min ladunka rahma innaka anta al-wahab. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Khalli maat salli alayha janaza. Maatat. Nusalli alayha janaza ba'ad al-gum'a. You have the other, I have the other mic. You want the other one? Yeah, this one's not working. Okay. We can pray Janazah after okay. for this one. Allahu Akbar, Allahu Akbar. Ashadu an la ilaha illa Allah. Ashadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah. Hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. Qad qamati salatu, qad qamati salah.
الله أكبر الله أكبر لا إله إلا الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير مغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون ولا تكونوا كالذين نسوا الله فأنساهم أنفسهم أولئك هم الفاسقون لا يستوي أصحاب النار وأصحاب الجنة أصحاب الجنة هم الفائزون لو أنزلنا هذا القرآن على جبر لرأيته خاشعا متصدعا من خشية الله وتلك الأمثال نضربها للناس لعلهم يتفكرون الله سمع الله لمن حميده الله الله أكبر الله الله أكبر الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين أنعمت عليهم غير مغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين إذا جاء نصر الله والفتح ورأيت الناس يدخلون في دين الله أفواجا فسبح بحمد ربك واستغفر إنه كان توابا الله سمي الله لمن حميده الله الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر
vamos As I mentioned, alhamdulillah, uh, our community rests on the uh, shoulders of brilliant black women. And just a few weeks ago, there was a conference here sponsored by the Black Muslim Initiative. And unfortunately, a lot of us didn't show up. So just as a reminder, you know, like we have to be here and present for one another. So when you see activities happening with any of our student groups, and BMI included, of course, uh, make sure that you attend and make sure that you are truly an ally present in your, in your physical being. And I say that to myself as well. We have an incredible program this Ramadan. As all of you know, all of our iftars are free. You can tip the volunteers though if you want to. Um, except for two days this year, we'll be having our fundraising iftars. And you can purchase tickets outside or on the website. It's like really super important, mashallah. This year, we also have more folks due to the school year being in session. So we've had larger numbers, alhamdulillah. We will have two additional locations for iftar this year. This is very important. So we actually have iftar at NYU Tandon, a.k.a. Brooklyn Tech, mashallah, and the NYU Dental Department. Maybe you can get your teeth cleaned if you're lucky after you eat, inshallah. Volunteers are needed each night during Ramadan to help serve and clean up. It's a great way to help others, and you know the volunteers are promised Jannah. We will again have our women-only qiyam this next Friday with Sheikha Aisha Prime, and she's like amazing. Uh, there will be two qiyams for the entire community this year, inshallah. We'll also host a fundraising iftar to raise money for the IC on May 2nd with Mahdi Hassan. MashaAllah, Mahdi Hassan is rolling through on May 2nd. On May 29th, we'll host a humanitarian fundraiser to raise money for Pillars of Peace, a domestic violence shelter here in New York City. Tickets need to be purchased for both of those iftars, and we will not host free iftars on those nights. As I said in the speech, it's about $5,000 a night to run our iftar programs and Ramadan programs. Our overall cost this, this month, mashallah, is around $200,000. That's a lot of money, mashallah. So any donations you can make, they're tax deductible, will be greatly appreciated. Barakallahu feekum. Assalamu alaikum. <laughs>